All right. I, uh, you want the disclaimer here? Yeah, so um, this is something that I saw at uh, Magic and Comedy Club in Erie, Pennsylvania, and I thought it was so cool I wanted to share it with everybody. So we'll pop that up. This is a vintage photo of legendary magician Harry Houdini. It was taken during the global Spanish flu pandemic in 1918. Please be like Harry and wear a mask around others and in public. Thank you. I thought that was That's so cool. cool. Yeah. And it just goes to show you safety first. Yeah. Um, it just yeah. goes That's, to show you that's what Houdini safety. was all about safety first. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling, the ESPN for all things comedy, with your hosts, Mark Riccadonna and Richie Byrne. And now, grab a drink and welcome Mark Riccadonna and Richie Burke. You're about to yes. Storytelling. I'm your host, Mark Riccadonna, and with me as always, Richie Byrne, and we have special guests. Special guests. We have two guests. We have a buddy sitting in. This yes. Is that. So uh, let's go. Let's go with me, Bill, as Buddy, we, and then the big star. We, yes, yeah, we, yeah, we have yeah, we have one legend and Tom Briscoe. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we have very special guests. I'm so excited to have them. I, when when we thought of this as a podcast, he was one of the first names. That I thought of, and we're finally getting them on. Rick Overton. Yes, Rick Overton. Hey, thanks. Thank you. Very special. It's yes. Good to be here. Very special. Great Thank you. I appreciate so, it. You know, I came yeah. to a realization: doing a Zoom is the closest I'm ever going to get to doing Hollywood Squares. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. Here. I'm, well, I'm here. Yes, you're center, center square. square. You're the center square, Rick. You're, you are the center, I'm the center square. square. That's you're, right. You're the Paul Lind of our show. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. A, a pioneer. He's Richie a pioneer. Red Button over here. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, for, before we get started, which we already did. Uh, <laughs> we we, we got started 20 minutes ago. With this. You know, we really did. I want to thank a Shared Universe for allowing yes. us to be here. And, and we even uh, have a special cool guest gigs. producer today. Got, yeah, our guest producer, the man, the myth, Ming. Uh, what's up? This is Ming Chen. You might know me from uh, AMC's Comic Book Men and, uh, yes. or, or, you know, just uh, Kevin Smith's uh, IT guy, I guess. <laughs> more, more importantly, uh, anytime his iPhone uh, freaks out, he calls me. So <laughs> I'm so excited. We have the, one of my favorite guests on the planet. And we have a special guest producer. Yes. Yeah. We had to bring yes. in a special guest producer. We brought him. in the man. Ming. This one. Ming, yes. Hey, hey. So the way we start every show is we uh, discuss what we're drinking. Right. And then we tell jokes. So yes. um, first off, um, uh, Rick, let's go with you. What are you drinking? What are you drinking, Rick? I'm drinking a strawberry protein shake. Organic strawberries and pea protein. And, nice. Uh, yeah, Rick, that's it. I'm, uh, I'm preparing while these things still exist. I'm I'm putting them in the blender, and I'm consuming <laughs> them. That's a good. I, well, so for us here at the studio, uh, special uh, Broken Goblet um, Brewery, 
uh, gave us this. And love this the is bro- love the broken broken goblin. goblin love is it. amazing. They this is their kind of go to beer. It's called Fool's Gold. Oh, you told me about that. And this is uh, you know if you go there, it's what they generally have I'm on tap. I'll take a look so I will pour much. us that while Rick tells us a good old fashioned joke. Yes. This is one that Uncle Dirty told me. Oh. <laughs> His real name was Robert Altman, but evidently when you look it up, there's somebody in SAG with that already. And, you know, the D- DGA. And so he uh, switched it to Uncle Dirty. And he was out of the Lenny, Lenny Bruce time and the Carlin time. And he came up with those cats. And so he had a sort of jazz musician style. And uh, he had these I- interesting abstract jokes. One was, these two cats are out on the front porch and it is springtime. I'm just trying to remember. The, yeah, springtime. And these two cats are rocking, rocking back and forth on the porch. And the birds are chirping. The kids are playing. It could not be more beautiful. Two cats, two friends rocking back and forth, rocking back and forth on the porch. Summertime was hot, but there they were in their T-shirts sweating through the armpits rocking back and forth smelling the barbecues watching the cars drive by two cats two friends rocking back and forth on the porch autumn brought the leaves to their feet and the smell of bonfires but there they were in their sweaters rocking back and forth on the porch come winter it was colder than a witch's tit but there they were, two cats, two friends, just rocking, rocking back and forth on the porch. Two cats, two friends, rocking, rocking back and forth on the porch. Finally, spring rolls round again. One cat looks to the other and goes, Whew. The other cat goes, I'm hip. <laughs> <laughs> I almost want to do this when I hear that. Can I can I tell you a quick Uncle Dirty story? I was working with Uncle Dirty. I was working with Uncle Dirty in Pennsylvania, and he had this tape from 1964 of George Carlin, like that Carlin had just made, like you know, record himself, and he had given it to him. And he said, "Man, you got to come over. You got to hear this tape, man. You got to come over. Come over tomorrow." Yeah. So we were staying in in the hotel. We're in the hotel, and 8.30 in the morning, my phone rings, and it's him. And he goes, I, when are you coming over to listen to the tape? And I go, I, 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 so I got out of bed, and I go over. He he opens the door. He's got a joint in one hand and, and a drink in the other hand. And he says to me, you want any? I go, it's 8.30 in the morning. Of course. So he played the Carlin tape. It was really cool. Like He was talking about like Alka-Seltzer commercials and things like that. So now the day goes on, and he calls me throughout the day, and I'm like, have you slept at all? Nah, man, I'll be all right. I'll be all right. So we have two shows that night. He shows up. He's so fucked up. He gets through the first show. He's middling. He gets through the first show. He's fine. By the second show, he can't talk. He's just done. (laughs) And he's trying to do his act, and he's 10 minutes in, and he's just getting nowhere. And all of a sudden, he just looks at the audience. He goes, don't worry. Your headline is coming out. He's going to fix all of this. 
was just killed me. <laughs> so you, you were talking about Uncle Dirty's from like uh, the it's like a jazz feel. Yes. I yeah. think something that's pretty amazing about you, Rick, is could you tell Richie who your father is? My father was Thelonious Monk's big band arranger for the No uh, way. For the Monk at Town Hall. That's my pop's arrangement for that. No and way! They, they worked on lots of things over the years. It, if you ever so see it, this it, film, it's a documentary called The Jazz Loft. I've heard of it. You can find it on iTunes. Uh, that They show a lot of pictures of my dad and Monk working. Oh, I will definitely check it out, Rick. That's really cool. That's fun to see. That It's showing the story of where they're inventing bebop, the bebop right. sound. Right. Wow. And you grew up here in New Jersey. We're in New Jersey recording, Eatontown, New Jersey. Whereabouts were you from? Englewood. Oh, okay. Where, okay. Di where Diz, Diz and Thelonious lived in Englewood. Oh, wow. Really? I didn't know that. So we moved near. Yeah, they helped us find the house so we could live near them. That's amazing. Wow. And so your parents were both in show business. Right. My mother was one of the Cordettes. Not the recording version of the Cordettes, except uh -huh. for later a couple of things, but mostly she was the road Cordettes. With uh, one of the gals got pregnant, so mom zipped into the gown and off she went as a replacement into the cornet. So it was uh, a lot of traveling on the road and seeing a lot of live comedians for me as a kid. Because really, so that because you must obviously you must have a real music background then. As far as do you play any instruments? I play a blues harmonica. You know, uh -huh. Uh -huh. I get around with it, but uh, I don't. I don't call myself a musician. I hear you. But so, were you were you a kid watching these adult comedians working, or were they like how? Yeah, what, what yeah. yeah. Jackie Vernon, my mom yeah. would sometimes be you know, be at the, the fair or something like that. And uh, I met George Burns, and I made him laugh when I was a little kid. Oh my god! Really? What made? Yeah, the hotel had a putting green, and so. I uh, I don't know why I whacked it like that, but I put the ball all the way over into the pool. And uh, <laughs> George Burns was sitting there, and he didn't have his toupee on, so a lot of people didn't recognize him. <laughs> he didn't have the piece on. He could just fucking sit there. He could just be there, you know? Yeah. And uh, only when you heard him talk, you'd, see, you'd hear it, you know? Yeah, yeah, drink yeah. Or something. And so we said, oh, what happened? And, and the ball went in the pool. He dove in and got my pool, the ball out of the pool, handed it to me. George wow. Burns. Wow. God. Well, he and wouldn't he have done was... that if he was wearing his toupee. Yes, if he had the toupee. <laughs> right. That's right. Floating on the water. But he, uh, he, uh, <laughs> and so I was, I don't know what made me do it, but I, I went for a laugh and, I, and he was so tanned. He was really dark. And I went, wow, George really burns. And he went, oh, <laughs> he liked it. He pointed at me like that it was a funny <laughs> joke, little guy. You know, like oh, more than a laugh, it was the oh, but I knew that was clever. a laugh. You were already working the yeah. back of the room as a kid. Yeah, yeah, I wanted my first laugh. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but you don't make a living if you make the comedians laugh. You yeah. know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, comedians, comedian, because that's the only people left by the time you're up. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so you you were around show business did you think when you were younger that you wanted to get into it or were you uh kind of find it later or? my dad loved jonathan winters he's crazy about jonathan winters jonathan winters was doing 
improv, which is kind of like verbal jazz, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. jazz. It was like a jazz with words and characters just coming up with a free form. And uh, he loved that. And so I would listen to the albums with Dad and uh, New Heart and things like that. So early on, I was getting an introduction and Peter Sellers, you know, he loved Sellers. And I, I loved all the things that Dad loved. And it, it was like, I think there was a part of him that was a frustrated comic and maybe he was seeding me just a little bit with it. But it's not, not every time it happens is a bad thing, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, it would have been nice to stay in the family business if I had the gift that, say, my brother has. My brother is a musical, brilliant, creative force, but I, I don't have that. It jumped over me. I, but I do want to use rhythm and timing. Yeah. I do want to use that. I just mm-hmm. use a different... You're a king of it. Oh, Where are the albums, God. your dad's albums? Is, is, there, is there still a, like a monster collection of records somewhere <clears throat> buried in the house, or, or uh, where they all go? I think most of them are gone. Oh, he got distributed to friends. He he passed away in '72. Okay. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, he, he, yeah, it was his drink that got him, and uh, that was so how he, they diagnosed. He, he came out of you know World War II, and they go, "Hey, pal, yeah, you have a hard time sleeping. Pour yourself a martini. Jesus, go eat a steak." Oh uh, yeah, the, the doctor smoking as he's telling him. Or yeah. Two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, listen to my advice. <laughs> Just eat a healthy steak, wash it down with a couple yeah. gallons of vodka. You'll be fine. Yeah, that's it. By the morning, you'll be a different guy. So. <laughs> Rick Adonis calls that Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I, guess, gotta, uh, I gotta ask. Uh, the, uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry, Rick. We've certainly come a long way since then about understanding how PTSD and you know all that works. They called it like what shell shock or whatever. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they, yeah. they thought it just wore off. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Right. So now, did your dad ever? He didn't get a chance to see you perform, did he? Uh in school, he saw my play when I was Grandpa Vanderhoff, and you can't take it with you at Dwight Morrow High School. <laughs> <laughs> They're still talking about that. They are still talking uh, about that. Actually, uh, on Facebook, they mentioned it the other day because that's a Dwight Morrow <laughs> group. But I, uh, you know, I was going every last laugh. I'm wringing it out of there. <laughs> <laughs> Dad's out there. I better do. I was man. Uh, you know, Muslims and Jewish people had to leave. There was so much ham up there. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible. Uh, did you did your mom get to see you like working with Jonathan Winters and that? Yeah, she. How proud she, was she? she? We lost her in '09, and so she loved it. You know, she always liked seeing me goof around with the like the full circle scenarios of whatever. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah, seeing me and Ro- and me and Robin playing, you know, things like that. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, there's a new doc coming out that you were part of. Can you tell us a little bit about it, and we'll play the trailer? Yeah, Robin's Wish. It's a very insightful and thorough and and human and humane look at what happened to Robin Williams at the end of his life and uh, follows him along all through the life, but it starts to take you through the details. There's so many misconceptions about how we lost him and what was going on in his head and how could he possibly have consciously done this to his family and children. And 
once you understand what this malady does, Robin, Robin's life was taken by a total stranger using his hands. Wow. Well, let's play the trailer and then we'll come back and yeah, yeah. discuss. Ladies and gentlemen, Robin Williams. What's your brain doing when 10,000 people are laughing their heads off? The human brain is, you know, an extraordinary three and a half pound gland. The moment you think you understand it, it comes out with something else. The breaking news actor Robin Williams is dead at the age of 63. They believe that the Bay Area resident committed suicide. There was a lot of media speculation. On Robin Williams' mind before his death, money. He's broke or he's depressed or he's just given up. The last movie was clear to all of us on that set that something was going on with Robin. There was something eroding within him. I was called in to go over the coroner's report. It was the beginning of understanding what had really gone on. My husband had unknowingly been battling a deadly disease. Lewy body dementia is devastating illness, increases anxiety, self-doubt, causes delusions that have never been present in someone. Nearly every region of his brain was under attack. He experienced himself disintegrating. I remember him saying to me, I don't know what's going on, I'm not me anymore. It really amazed me that Robin could walk or move at all. People who are incredibly brilliant can tolerate degenerative diseases better. Robin Williams was a genius. He was always able to power through it, and he'd become this guy that you knew, remembered, and loved. The way that he was able to battle the inner turmoils, he was a freaking warrior. It no longer feels loyal to be silent about it, but maybe more loyal to share. He was blessed with what his heart was capable of. In the midst of fear, he wanted to help people be less afraid. Self goes away, ego, bye-bye. The thing that matters are others. That's what life is about. Rick, that was so awesome, yeah. and it was awesome seeing you pop oh, yeah. up in there. Um, yeah, I'm very, very grateful to be a part. I, of it. I, I, I mean, it's really important for people to understand what happened to my friend, and the real reason that this yeah. is all went down. Don't, don't use those other. He was drugged up or some myth like that. That's a bunch of right. bullshit. That's not. I what have, happened. I have a family. I have a family member going through that. He has it, and it's, it's hard to watch. Sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, now, Rick, I'm not just saying this because you're our guest, but um, there were a few times in in meeting great people. I was at uh, at Stand Up New York. I worked the door for years, and that's where I met you. I don't know if you remember. You came in with Don L. Logue. Um, you guys were in town for a wedding, and uh, that's Robin Dean Devlin's wedding. It was Dean's wedding for the Fourth of July. Yep, I it was it was such a it was so before I even get to that, Robin used to pop in all the time whenever he was getting ready for stuff, and he would pop in, okay. and there was this thing where I never got starstruck around him. I got like excited to be around him, but not starstruck, and it made me feel a certain way. It made me actually feel better about myself. Why I talked to him, I didn't, I wasn't scared or anything, and I felt really comfortable hanging out with them 
And I've only felt that way a couple times, and that was with him when you came in with Donnell, and then you and I sat and talked outside for probably an hour. And I also felt that way when I met Bobcat Goldwaith, which hysterically enough, you guys are all in the same circle. You must keep really you know, good company. Uh, that's I'm very grateful to have timed coming in when I did, to have been in the proximity of these people, to have had the opportunity to be to meet, you know, and then for friendships to form. It's all of those are nice strokes of luck. I'll take them. Every last one. <laughs> <That's great. laughs> and then later I met Provenza in Atlanta. And then when I found out how close you guys were, I was so inspired that I, I oh, yeah. Radio Gods was something I was working on. I was so inspired meeting you guys that I was like, I am only going to do this pilot if I could have you guys oh, as the main yeah. people. And I remember we switched shoot dates. We did it, it moved around a lot because I, I refused to do it with other people. And, uh, and as, I'm as much as I begged him, he he wouldn't put me in it. <laughs> he said, "You're no Rick Overton." <laughs> we can switch in, you know. They got all kinds of effects now. Got to, you know, as you can tell from the <laughs> the waving palm trees and uh, my, uh, Ming, my, that's my servants put in, put in the palm trees. Uh, uh, you got to put in the palm trees. <laughs> you, oh, you can't see that, man. No wonder that map is free. I've been it fished. Is. <laughs> it's funny to have a green screen behind you that's just it's green. Like it's just green, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about even a sunset? Can we do a sunset, Ming? Anything? <laughs> Kevin Smith is telling him to fix his phone right now. Ming is uh, Ming is completely <laughs> So when you started uh, getting into uh, doing stand-up, did you start as an actor first, or did you go right in the stand-up and improvising, or...? I don't know what if I had that wall up. You, know, you kind of did was, everything. It's like improv is yes and. Yeah, you got acting, yes and. You got <laughs> writing, yes and. Stand up, yes and. It's all the yes anding. It's a uh, uh, rolling with it because you you can't say you're an expert at any of the three until you start getting a chance to do it more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, you gotta you, just start bullshitting your way back into it, and then stay as long as you can until you learn something. Now I know there's probably a ton of people you could throw this in, um, but have you met any young comics? Or, and I say young, they don't have to be like twenty, but like, have you met any comics that you feel have that same vibe that you guys, your crew, kind of ran with? Is there somebody okay. we should be looking for? There's countless people that do improv and stand up. You know, I'm sorry, I, I've been a little out of touch that way. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure I could tell you the, the best answer to it, but I know they must be there. Yeah. I'm never not blown away whenever I, I see someone doing improv these days. It's improv trainings really bumped up the game. And it was good before, but now it has become almost an industry in and of itself. And it didn't used to be, it was a nice little craft somewhere, but now it's an industry and it's really knocking out some great players. So it's a long list of people, but I'm not sure I know the, the, the details. Yeah. I've, I've just watched a lot of good work on YouTube and stuff, you know? Yeah. I'm dying to know when you were doing groundhog day and you're in the truck with Bill Murray, how did that day go? How bad were people laughing 
and you had to not use the takes? Well, it was harder in the bowling alley. Oh. I was in the Virgin Islands once. I met a girl. We ate lobster, drank pina coladas. At sunset, we made love like sea otters. That was a pretty good day. Why couldn't I get that day over and over and over? You know, some guys would look at this glass and they would say, you know, that glass is half empty. Other guys would say, that glass is half full. I think you as a glass is half empty kind of guy, am I right? What would you do if you were stuck in one place? and every day was exactly the same, and nothing that you did mattered. That about sums it up for me. Okay. When he's replaying, I got to be sad, drunk with the be Dukeman's beer, right, you know? <laughs> and we're shit-faced, and we're depressed, and slumpy, and sad, and sitting there at the counter, and he <laughs> keeps replaying, why couldn't it be the perfect day? He, keep do he kept doing a different perfect day that would fuck with us when it was on us. <laughs> and so that was a lot of fun and you know he helped come up with a lot of the shtick we were doing outside on the ice with the open he said what do you, you want to do a thing like do you have a button or anything like that and he said why don't you order flapjacks that was bill murray's idea wow wow that's cool Wow. Uh, who, could, who could go? Where's that coming up with? Who, what's a fucked up small thing that a guy who's about to vomit could ask for? You know. Right. <laughs> I don't know, Mark. <laughs> Give me a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I. I mean, so I was lucky enough to get uh, Rick and Paul. Yeah. They both flew out. And we shot in Philly. I. I saw the budget too, Rick. So he, you really did him a favor, you by did, the way. Yeah. I, I can tell you that right now. <laughs> Rick was a heaven sent, and I, I, I'm so glad he he came on board. And when we were shooting, I so directing, d being a writer and the director, you you get tied to ideas and things that you wanted. But as soon as Rick got in front of the camera, and we started rolling. He he would go in places that I never expected, and then the beauty was, well, the hardest part was editing. I had to pick which which take I wanted, and I have fifteen takes that will make you piss your pants. Right, right, right. So I have to pick yeah, which one to use. But the the best part is, is when it aired, and my name is as the writer. People are like, "That was amazing," and I go. That was all Rick and Paul. <laughs> he, he is Whoopi Goldberg. He just hands it off to hands Billy. Hand, he's Whoopi. He, that's all he is. He hands it off to Bobby and, and, and Billy Crystal. I learned right away. I learned right away on that set. All I, all I told the cameraman, I grabbed him, and we had a, an amazing crew, and I just said, just capture everything he does. We had a good time. We had a great time working. You know, I thought it was uh, funny and fun. Uh, maybe one day down the road, you know, when they're looking for content, which I hear they are. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, it's out there. Maybe, Radio gods. You know, maybe someone's going to have a second look now with the way things oh, are going. Man. Maybe it's, uh, it's a way to, to, uh, to make, uh, get some inexpensive uh, laughs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I would get rid of Vinny Nardiello, but aside from that, <laughs> I was supposed to be Big Tom Egan, and I, I wasn't. A, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Nobody I'm, called me. Uh, so I'm sorry. What's your name again? That was another thing that was insane. So we had we had two people that had to pull out during that, and one was uh, Gilbert Godfrey got sick, and we needed a big Tom, and Tony V yeah, yeah. stepped in. Tony V is a first choice guy, but it was just I, I threw a hell mary. I was like, yeah. I go that I doubt he'll want to come down from Boston, but I'll give it a shot. Right. And he was like. Overton's in it, yeah. Be down. <laughs> yeah, that's good impression. Oh, and then the other one was uh, the greatest, greatest reunion ever. Oh, it was on set, and then John Fugel saying came in one day. He was, was great, great in it. Oh, Fugel was, was terrific. So good in it. Strong actor. You were great too, Rick. Right? I, mean, I John, remember, John, when, like, I didn't. Expect that. Excuse me. Wait, 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 what? Did you just yeah. YouTube you, Rick you, Overton? Yes, you, you, you just were YouTube, good too. You just yeah. YouTube Rick Overton. Right? Did you really? Really? That's like singing Smokey Robinson in front of Smokey Robinson. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> it's, better <laughs> that he, it's better he YouTube him than me too. If Richie would have me too, dude, I would have to. <laughs> <laughs> that was great, Mark. Not a you problem. You have to be on your uh, boom. It's all appreciated. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one was Check. the day we got the funding. I got so excited, and Kevin Meany was supposed to play the bartender, and oh, oh, and wow. it was the day he passed away. Oh wow! And you got uh, I called him. I left a message. Yeah, I left him a message, and then like four hours later, I got a phone call that he passed. Oh my I, god! Really? It was wow. like oh wow. That day was a roller coaster because we got funding for a show, but I lost a good friend. So it was uh, up and down. The uh, but I I've never I, I whenever I had to do any of my directorial stuff and I had to leave to go like talk to the camera crew and talk to the, I remember like just sitting there going don't have too much fun without me guys <laughs> <laughs> all I wanted to do my whole life is direct but I would rather just sit in this green room and listen to you guys tell stories and talk about the the old days and how much fun it was and it, it was it, it was. That it was a dream come true. I can die a happy man. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, of course. Uh, it was a great time. It was a great time. Hey. I hope someone picks up on it. Season hey, Rick, when you were when you were a youngster, uh, what TV shows did you watch? Like, if I said the Ed Sullivan Show, do you have a recollection of uh, of of someone you saw on there that either inspired you or or you know or the Dean Martin? You know, like those old shows from the sixties. Like, if I oh. say Ed Sullivan, what do you think? You don't think Beatles? I don't uh. think you would think. Comedy. Right? I would watch the old Marty Feldman show. Oh no, wow. kidding! Yeah, really. Yeah, really? I like that. I liked. Uh, I'm Dickens. He's Fenster. I liked T H E Cat. You mm -hmm. remember these shows? No, remember T H E Cat show, but I don't remember T H E Cat. No, T H E Cat was a black and white half hour action show on film. Wow. And it was starred Robert Loggia as T T <laughs> Really? Thomas Thomas Hewitt Evers Everett Cat. And he was a jewel thief with a dagger that shot out of his sleeve. And uh it it went like I think one season, but it was the coolest thing ever. And it now, didn't was go any further. It was just a kid show you're yeah, watching. Yeah, it was a heavy. It was very heavy, but they thought, oh, it's a half hour. But it was a little later. But it was great. 
You guys got to watch it. It was terrific. It was, up next, yeah. it was next to Man from Uncle and Mission Impossible and all those. Yeah, other I watched things that. Like yeah. That, you know? I just yeah. got excited that you said a young Robert Lozier. Yeah, look, look how young he is. <laughs> really young, man. Check yeah. it out. Richie just went on a Google I, machine and he found it. Yeah, I found it. And he is young. Wow. <laughs> so wow. you you would watch the dramas you'd watch the heavy dramas more than you watch the comedies i guess is what, from well, what you'd i would watch you know i'm dickens he's fenster i would watch the adams family and the monsters or which are you adams family or monsters guys you have to be one or the other right i, I, I have I, to choose mark has an interesting theory on this about the about the go ahead, get, well, it's not my theory it's okay. actually pen gillette was that the adams family uh tried to adapt are you somebody who tries to adapt no, the monsters did right the adams family were the snobs the monsters just were trying to get along with their neighbors yeah, right? yeah, yeah and yeah. and the the monsters were we are who we are and you deal with us the adams family tried to they were kind of snobby I, i'm a monsters guy myself i'm a monsters guy huh for me it was about who had the hotter a female on female Carlo, <laughs> right? Well, it was uh, well. I'll tell you that Carolyn Jones. You ever see any hurl? Yeah, man. Oh man, Jeez. So who are you? Are you monsters or Adams fan? Yeah. Well, I'm a John Aston fan. He can. He could never do any wrong. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh and God. I love Fred. Fred Gwynn is also great, but John right. Aston, Dirty Dingus McGee, man. Holy <laughs> crap! So it's what funny that you mentioned him. My my son's favorite character in comic books is the Riddler. So we were looking up old Riddler photos mm -hmm. and John Aston played him for a while. Yeah. I don't know why. I think some I think Frank Gorshin had like a deal in Vegas and couldn't get out and they yeah. brought him for like two episodes and that was my son's favorite one and when we were looking at the pictures he was like I but like they him. were so different as the riddler like it, he didn't he didn't try at all to be like frank uh like uh frank yeah Gorsh, he made it his know? own yeah well now, it's like uh, for alan arkin having to be clouseau for a film yes <laughs> yeah oh my god what I do you it. do you're in your trailer going oh my god i said yes yeah. <laughs> well, here i am and the reviewers are all there with their notepads you know <laughs> do you remember what, the what am i gonna do with this guy <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah really yeah. You got, here's the deal you gotta follow peter sellers okay <laughs> yeah. go go I have, I have sympathy for people that have to follow heavy stuff being the next james bond being the oh. next hell hell how, boy you know how do you make oh, it's, yeah. <laughs> oh god I, <laughs> i'll tell you i thought steve martin did a good job when he played up Cluso. Yeah. It looked like he was just having fun. Yeah. 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 Now I got to ask because you remind me a lot of Peter Sellers until I saw the movie, the life story of Peter Sellers. And then I was like, well, Rick's completely sane. Yeah. <laughs> like Peter was, uh, you can talk to Rick, <laughs> but it looks like you could not talk to Peter Sellers. How, how no, much. He, he said he didn't know who he was when he was not in a character. Wow. There was no, there was no neutral gear. Man, no. I, don't, I don't think that was true. It's never, that's never true. It's just not acknowledging it. Yeah, by its I was degree say, or measure, you know. Because you go from playing the most insane characters, going on stage, doing the wildest stuff, and then you, you know, as soon as you call cut, it's Rick. 
You know, it's a, a you're, and and I I just wonder like you don't lose yourself in that I don't think, or do you have a hard time well, letting go of characters? Uh, sometimes. Well, I think sometimes you have to hold on to it. And well, once you're done working, you don't have to. But when you're in work, sometimes at lunch you still got to hold on to it. Mm-hmm. No, but like I roll right film, after lunch. After the film's over, you go yeah, back to being it. Rick and doing stand-up. Yeah, and- yeah, yeah, that's it. I don't hang on after that. You know, and I know there are people, they work so hard on that character that they, that it's hard to shake it, off. It's like a habit. Do you think they don't want to? Do you think they don't want to, or do you think that it's a, an actual mental mm-hmm. thing? I think it's probably a combination of both, probably the not wanting to part of the mental thing. Yeah. And emotional thing, because it's about who am I after this? I forgot the other one or whatever, you know? I don't know. I don't... I've experienced remorse not doing a character anymore. A loss of uh, someone that I enjoyed doing, and Mm -hmm. I liked it. And so, But now we got to put it aside and wait for the next thing. You know, remorse doesn't mean the end of your world. You feel it, and then you get on with it. All All your emotions are natural if they don't do harm to you. You got to feel them. The only big great harm is not feeling them. Yeah. It's what it's just, a, you don't, they, they don't run or own you. You own them as long as you let them out. Is there a role that you can, because you, I mean, my God, if you have a go your look at IMDb. His IMDb is ridiculous. You've done it's, more work than I've watched. Yeah. I mean, is, <laughs> is there a role that, a role, <laughs> wow. yes, you oh, acted in life. more films than oh, I've seen. I mean, my God. It, and, um, <laughs> but are there roles that you look at that you could say right now, oh, I miss doing this? Or uh, my, what were your, I guess what I'm asking, what were some of your favorite roles? Like you were I so had a lot good. fun on. And I'm dying up here. I had a great time. Oh, oh we were you were wonderful in that. Yeah, we Thanks. were talking to friends about it. We were talking. To I was so happy seeing my friends do smashing work on that yeah. show. Oh. That was my greatest joy. Was yeah. seeing knockout performances from Judy Gold and Kathy yeah, Ladman yeah. and you know, Brad wow. Garrett. Brad, Brad Garrett. Garrett made oh. me cry. Yeah, he was so good. He deserved an award for yeah. that. He certainly did. You were wonderful in it. Oh, you really oh, were, Rick. You're, uh, we we wanted to know more about your character, and then they canceled it. Like we were yeah. hoping to find out more about your dirty deeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your, <laughs> you know, I wanted to see what your casting. Uh, you know, when you went to the club, how how you acted. Like there was so much I wanted to see with your character, and they. It's one of my wife and I agree on so much when it comes to movies. And when it comes to watching TV series, but we both were heartbroke when that show when they stopped doing it. It was yeah. it was. Oh. I love the opening in that the first. Mm-hmm. I really did, when the guy does the Tonight Show yeah. and then steps in front. I'm steps in front of the bus. Almost like I'm never. This is it. This is the pinnacle. Yeah. yeah. You know, and people don't realize how like. Maybe in today's world, you might have went, well, that's a little over the top. But as a comic, oh, totally and, it, and knowing what The Tonight Show meant, it was everything back then. You and know? the best yeah, part nice. was when the comics, that dude got hit by the buzz, and the comics talked more about, like, ah, his career was just about to take off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. you think 
show right. is going to be about him. You yeah, think yeah, he's yeah. the star of the show. Yeah. You know? And then just like that, they take it away from you. I was like, well, that was pretty cool. That and was- the first season, there was a lot in me that was like, wow, it's really interesting to have a TV show where the most likable character is a heroin addict. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right? Thanks, thanks, was, thanks, that's the underbelly. That was yeah. the underbelly. And, and people forget, this is a drama. So yeah. This is a drama. And about then, comedy. Why, where's the laugh every five minutes? It's a drama. Yeah. yeah. This it's is the story the, behind uh, it. Yeah. yeah. I, I was in a directed a play that a friend of ours that worked on Radio Gods, Vinny Nardiello, wrote called The Boom. And Richie played in it, and it was really a dark, very look dark at, uh, look at comedy. comedy. And a you know, Vinny, and, and From, it was, he wrote a. I think it's wonderful. I, I think it's a wonderful play, and it's about uh, three comics living in a for condo, one week, condo, week in a condo. In condo you yeah. saw it, and uh, and and people would say that friends of mine came to the show, and they're going. It was funny, but it wasn't. I thought it was going to be like really funny. I go, it's not meant to be real. It's about right. real life. It's the Shit, real life, you know? like comedy, comics' lives are tragic and sad. Some are, some aren't. Rick's got a. I'll trade lives with him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Rick, I'm 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 definitely the glass half empty guy. So I have a question for you. Uh, <laughs> How good with the, career, the with the career you've had? When I when I, I've been doing comedy, not nearly at your level, but been doing it a long time. When a young kid comes up to me or some young someone young in comedy, I, I always tell them. The biggest thing, the biggest thing you have to deal with is envy and jealousy. It's like whether you're doing amateur open mics or working your way up, it's like when you look at someone else's career arc, if you can't handle someone else's success and you and it and it eats it, you gotta be able to accept other people will have you know ups and downs, right? So when you audition for a part that you don't get, and how do you feel when you watch somebody who like really sucks at it when you're sitting on your couch and you're watching them and you're like, oh man, or or do you feel like do you feel good that they took it in a direction that you do? You know what I mean? When you were this close to getting a, a part, how, how do you, I, that's yes. why I, I, could never act, I don't know if I could deal with that shit. You couldn't. I, you couldn't. I, I wouldn't. No, There's no I, way you could. Not. I could not feel deal with it. How do you, it's, how do you do it? It's gig soup. After a certain point, it's gig soup. <laughs> and you, you can't taste really the separate things. It's all kind of one thing. And, it's gig yes soup. there's details once you get there but in your heart it's gig soup it's it feels like one general thing and that can change with familiarity of the circumstance and that's really the point the point is to recognize that this isn't personal and so mm-hmm. you can't file it you don't really have permission to abuse yourself by filing it there to make it about you because it uh-huh. isn't you have to understand it's uh, Boozler had a great line about she dated such a narcissist. He would look out the window and go, look what terrible weather I'm having. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Genius. Yeah. Elaine Boozler, just a genius writer and comic. That's a, uh, that's a great joke. Yeah, that, that that's exactly the attitude you have to have. That's right? insightful. Yeah. yeah. And, and it says so much about, you know, really also how you look at yourself in the comedy business. That's a business. It's, yeah. a- it's so important, Rick, that you're on this show. We lost. And when it right. gets to you, don't let the fact that it got to you get to you. Yeah. 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 Well, I, 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 that's what I try to tell envy, envy, envy is the killer. It's one of the seven deadlies, yeah. right? So it doesn't matter whether you're right. in the plumbing business or the comedy business, right? It's the yeah. same, same thing, right? 
It's it's yeah. really awesome that you're on, Rick, with Tom here today because um, you talked about earlier your whole career is yes and and continuing <laughs> it. I have an ongoing joke with Tom that he would be the worst person ever to improvise with because whenever you say something, even if he agrees with you, he goes, no, but, yeah. and then he repeats what you oh, said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I, have a, I, I have one school and I'm the only student in the no, but school of improv. That's my, that's my, <laughs> <laughs> you go. it's a really beautiful day out today. And he'll go, no, but I mean, the sun's out. So I guess that's good. <laughs> <laughs> so I, something I find super interesting about you as well. Location. Is <laughs> Every time uh, I, I watch stuff with you, it's always fun and silly. But you you did a lot of political comedy early and writing political. You wrote for the Dennis Miller show, which I find really interesting. And we were talking to Feldo. Uh, uh, David Feldman was a guest on the show. And it was a, uh, it, it's so interesting when you know comics from just comedy and then all of a sudden you see their work going in political uh, slants and not to talk politics at all now because of everything's so crazy. But was there a moment when you shifted and said, like, I want to talk about politics or was it a, it's part of the world. So I just talk about it and it moves forward. I was one way or another, even with, when I was in a comedy team with Roger Sullivan, that's Overton right. And Sullivan, we were doing some political stuff too about Nixon and Watergate. So wow. and wow. I started, I started with it and I had other stuff too. Yeah. It's never not been me the entire time. People say, Oh, well now you're just trying to hop on the bandwagon by being political. Now I'm like, no, I, sh I fucked my stand up oh, career. I shut my stand up career down doing what I do. Yeah. I, I could have a different career if I didn't open my big fucking mouth, but I did. I had to say it. <laughs> I uh, to a lot of people have told me that. It would have been a whole different ride if I would just shut up. But I just, but you know, you that comedian me. thing. Don't say that word. Don't. I said it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't tell me not to fucking say it. Me, me and Mark. It's a, it, me, it's Mark a mechanism. Yeah, Mark and I were talking about green room etiquette, you know, when they put up a list of things that you're not supposed to do as an entertainer in a comedy club or yeah. that's like, yeah. what are you kidding me? Are you not doing like, that? Don't order the roast beef. Every community, I'll take the roast beef. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. <laughs> I don't even like roast beef. No one understands the DNA, I, uh, you know, <laughs> I'll give you a perfect example of that. I do the warm up Dr. show, Rick. I, and, uh, and Dr. Oz had, um, uh, what's your name on? Uh, uh, Joan, uh, Ri Joan Rivers. Joan Rivers. And uh, uh. He, he asked me, he, he said, how do I handle this interview as a cop? He was nervous to interview her. And I said, whatever you do, if you don't want her to do something, <laughs> don't tell her not to do it. That's the first thing I said. To him. I go, if you really don't want her to do, don't tell. So they go out. And he's talking about she had broken her leg, and he and he just she had to be in her mid seventies. And he and he says uh, he brought out a table. He he wanted to show what she did to her leg, and she stands there. And he goes, "Hop up on the table." 
and it was a high table. And she went, what? Because I'm just kidding. And she <laughs> proceeded to try and hop up onto the table. Rick, she got on the table. She ended up on her, on her, uh, on her belly, right? And, and she stuck her ass up and him, and she goes, I don't think this is going to work, but give it a shot. Like, <laughs> and he looked, he looked over at me and he said, you just told me not to. I go, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's and that's well, what you don't I, tell I, a comic, don't do yeah. something. Well, uh, Joan was the one to get me on the tonight. Show the only one who, who fought to get me on. She got me on the Tonight Show when she was hosting, but it was right when she was starting to have the big fight with Freddie de Cordova yeah, right. because of the other show overlapping into Johnny's time that you, yeah, didn't, yeah, you know right. they, they didn't go for. Uh, I was associated with that show, so you and were you were blacklisted after that. Man. I was blacklisted after that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but she's well, the one. No one else fought for me like Joe. Right. You know so, what's funny? And you mentioned you know that's earlier. the takeaway. Yeah. She you, had, you she mentioned had brass ovaries. <laughs> <laughs> Which look gorgeous on the red carpet, by the way. You mentioned her <laughs> earlier, but the same thing with Elaine Boozler. I, I was never Absolutely. getting for uh, Live at Gotham. And then when she hosted, they had a fallout. And she goes, I know the comic that's taken the spot. And she got me on. She pushed to get me on and it was and it, thank thankfully because otherwise i'd have no credits <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's another one of the pioneers she really is yeah she's, they don't absolutely. give her the credit they know they don't give her the when credit they talk all, history yeah. of comedy and that you no. know we yeah, have you're right. push, we have this big push for female comics and elaine boozler did so much and mm -hmm. and in a time when women weren't really allowed to talk and allowed to speak up, and she was a killer. Mm. I, I absolutely adore mm. her for helping me out. But it's funny that you said that about um, Joan Rivers helping you. Yeah. So hey, can I point something out? Yes. We got Rick Overton, superstar comedian, movie star, right? Yeah. He's he's got a green screen with shadows and wrinkles. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Mark's at my house and he looks at my green screen and goes, I don't think you understand anything about green screens. You can't have shadows, you can't have <laughs> like, but, oh, but now Rick Overton can have them, but I can't. Oh, I gotta nice. have a perfect uh, wait, wait, um, It's gotta get straightened out. A couple of the clips broke. <laughs> you, know, clip, you clip it on the bar with those clips and it pulls right. it tight and now a couple of them, spring went shooting out and so i gotta order a new well i use bobby clip. Tip. maybe i should use clips next time so uh, wait so uh, tom you're saying i should give rick overton showbiz advice <laughs> no, no 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 i'm just saying i'll like, take i'll take special effects advice you know <laughs> well we got ming here he's he's kevin smith's guy like what do you say a little little green screen uh improvement uh, you know, it, it it's workable. with Technology is, is yeah. You, you can put himself into space, and <laughs> you'll be fine. You'll be he fine. He can put himself anywhere he wants. He chose his living. Room. Yes. <laughs> okay. That's as long not... as space is wrinkled, <laughs> that's goes along with my. It's to blend my face in. <laughs> what's uh, hold on? What's the old joke? You can iron it first. <laughs> 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 so uh, uh what was one of your favorite roles what was one of your favorites i mean i know that's like rosemary can baby. i ask let me ask something do people still talk to you about the drake 
because that was every now big, and then. You know, uh, someone will say uh, love. They'll send a. There's a hate I the hate Drake, Drake GIF. Yeah. I will get. I finally made really? it to a GIF, boys. I'm nice, nice. Wow, I'm so I'm glad maybe, I, I'm uh, maybe two I'm, or three GIFs now. Nice. So that's a big deal, and you know, you, that's where the big money is, residuals wise. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes. your Groundhog's yeah. Day is yeah. one. Jeff residuals is definitely. I I have used your <laughs> Groundhog's Day one plenty of times where you're in the car like, <laughs> and they're holding the groundhog in the back. Well, that's not me. No, that, I thought it was. That's the truck. Bill's in the truck with the groundhog. That's when he's going to die. Oh, I thought when you were in. Not, the that's when he's going to drive off the cliff. The going right. against the train with me and him in the car. I got the that stupid hat, right? right? Yes, that's the car. Yeah, we were like, in the red, uh, the red car. Yeah. What? Yeah, that was you. That it was that one. That's on I, there. Last I looked, it was me. I'm pretty yeah, sure. it was. <laughs> uh, these kids with their gifs, they get it all mixed up. What do you got? Yeah, come on, guys, get, one. get with it. Get to the gif money. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get that Jeff. It's a Jeff commission. Jeff money. Because here's what I'm gonna skills. do for you, kid. I'm gonna get you Jeff commission. That's what I'm gonna get. <laughs> you know, I just uh, remember when uh, what was it? Uh, Vine, the six second yeah. videos. I, I had, I had a line when that was still going. I said, I just uh, I booked a new series. Clap, clap, clap. Uh, it's a Vine series. It's called The Man with the. <laughs> 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 That's great. <laughs> Did you have a hard time when you were starting out, or, or even true. now as a comic, when somebody says, "Give me a five-minute set to see if we can put you on a show," like, because you you go all over the place. You're like a you're like the Tasmanian devil of comedy. How do you? Put together a, a, a late night set. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good question. Well, I try to stay and watch a little of what's gone ahead of me to see what topics have been kind of you know, eaten up. <laughs> Those topics are done. So this is people that go, I don't care. I'll do my act either way. It's about what I do. I'm a little bit topic based. And so if I think that topic's been stomped on, I'll rearrange. And we'll come up with something else that might fit in the slot a little better now that they're a little burnt on the other one. Yeah. That kind of thing. You know, it's a little bit of a science, but then I throw, I, I mean, that's, that is in essence, a sort of a little bit of a calculated improv. Yeah. Looking at, well, okay, then we got to rearrange this a little bit, put this over there and that over here, or just forget that one. We'll do another one or come up with something. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll use them as excuses to come up with things. Sometimes I'll make that because of set list, you know. My yeah. beloved, my the most favorite thing to do on stage is set list, and I've got a comedy special coming out on Comedy Dynamics, Rick Overton's very first set list special, and it's going to be me doing an improvised hour with the set list screen throwing suggestions I've never seen at me. And really? Yes. Wow. Yeah. When is that coming? Do you know? Well, I'm hoping date? soon. We just got the paperwork all cranked out. It's uh, okay. It's been sitting in the machinery for a while because of what's been going on in the world, and now we're just trying to get it rolling again. So so you never use a cheat sheet set list while you were doing a live, uh, something on stage live, like uh, on a pack of cigarettes oh. or a monitor or something? Or I, I would sometimes. Not, not when I'm, you know, 
when I'm on a, an important show, I just know the set. But right. when I'm playing around, sometimes I'll have a little something. But set list is a game where you, it's not your set. Right. They no, throw other material at you. I think it's a, it's it's the coolest idea ever. I just tell them for the folks at home so you understand what this is. Yeah. They're when coming up with done. weird words and combinations of things, and you have to defend it like Liars Club <laughs> to a, an audience looking at you cold. It's the best thing in the world. And if you're a young comic, try to find some way to do that one. It just sharpens, so Mark, it, sharpens it so much. If what? you did that, you could just hand it off to Richie or me or Rick, and you'd be the again. You would. You I would, would be the. He's guy like the goalie. The... He just kicks it back into play. <laughs> <laughs> you come up with something funny. <laughs> oh, that's great! You do it. The uh, when Provenza was on, we were talking about set list, and I was when as we were talking about it, I was going that like you, Mulroney, Robin Williams, and Jonathan Winters are like the first four people that come to my mind that are like. Those people could probably not even think about it and go up and do it, where I think every other comic would be shitting their pants. Going, I'm supposed to just make this up? I don't think I could. I, I, I did do it in Atlanta at the Laughing Skull Comedy Festival, and I had so much fun, but all I could do is think of, like, Rick Overton has done this. There's no way it's nearly good enough for me to be performing. <laughs> That's the spirit. Take that with you. Yeah, the torch. yeah he's the doing torch positive light your way into the art. dark tunnel of our future. Take that spirit of uh, fuck me. I don't. There's no point. That's it. That, if there's any message I want to leave behind, that's it. So, Rick, when you're doing the set list <laughs> thing, on, are, are, are you thinking punchline or character when you're looking at the, the at the, does it depend on the line they give you or, or, or is it, uh, like what? What drives the joke? Is it is a character or the, or the punchline? Like how does that work? The words so, or the so character? A lot of people. A lot of people use both. A lot of people do both. I, how about uh, you? Uh, when it serves me, I I'll do character. Otherwise, I stay me and talk ideas. Mm-hmm. And okay. I try to set each one up where I dig a deeper hole. But the setup is so specifically talking about one thing that if the the suggestion fucks it up, I just got to dig my claw out of the mud of that pit I put myself in. Over and over. It's kind of like since I quit motorcycling, that's how I get a big charge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've been in uh, quite a few little spills, right? Well, and that's when not everyone had a phone in their hand. Wow. Yeah, because yeah, when we were hanging out in L.A., you were telling me you went from motorhead to motorcycle head to <laughs> hitting your head too much that you had to stop. Mm-hmm. I used to have hair. <laughs> so it's in it's in a motorcycle helmet somewhere on the side of the i5 is that is that where your yeah, hair so you've went heard, you've heard of helmet hair <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's good he's improvising funnier than anything i could write <laughs> like it would take me a month to come up with that he just <laughs> that's the spirit little tiger <laughs> you go get him <laughs> that that's Mark's opening line. Uh, I'm not Rick Overton, so this is gonna suck. But give me four more minutes. That's that's not I a went, great opening. Line. When I that's quit, not, I'm, not, Rick I'm not sure that's. Well, I'm not sure that's the name of your comedy special. But let's just uh, keep spitballing. Keep going, man. Not, not Rick Overton. Like you, you can make. Uh, well, his I name. couldn't you know, get that, the rights to Rick's that. name, so I, my new special is called. Uh, there's so many more funnier people you should be listening to. <laughs> <laughs> but you can trademark N O T. I bet 
consolidate the team, not Rick Overton. He doesn't own it. You'll own it. You're in. You're in. Yeah. That's where the money is. Do you ever still get the hankering to do live uh, plays oh, like yeah. theater? Oh, oh. Well, I love I love going to see it, but sometimes I, I love my love of improv. Kind of is the biggest restrict you from that's, doing as well. And spoiled, I'm spoiled. I know it. I got spoiled. <laughs> I lucked out. I timed it to be around the guys doing set list. It's just luck and uh, very grateful. But now I'm fucking spoiled. <laughs> I want to do that. I almost want to do that more than anything. I mean, I'll do my actings and set list or, it's, or some kind of long form improv. I love long form to heralds, things like that. Games. Well, we're hitting we're hitting the time. Because you know why I love it? I, I love it because it's the first time I'm hearing this. <laughs> right. Right. right, right. That's good, right? Yeah. I, I'm tired of that other shit I do. I want to hear something new, you know? We all heard Albie before. <laughs> I'm giving you some Rick Overton. <laughs> so well, before guys, we, we got to bounce fun. here because we went over time and we're going to have you back. We got to have you yes. back with Paul and Dan. Um, but before we go, I want to pull up. The, I'm going to show you three quick photos. This is my son. Uh, when I started doing stand up again uh, through this pandemic, he was so excited to try to make me laugh that we ended up doing this. Who wore it better? We'll start out with this one. Ah. <laughs> ah. Uh, we'll go to the next. <laughs> and then finally wow very nice oh. <laughs> and we'll we'll wow. close on a question Rick who was your favorite joker come on different favorites uh i i think uh, Joaquin Phoenix is probably my favorite joker although uh it's hard to say I certainly. It, I know who's yours. When the movie Joker came out, I said this is the closest TV show or closest film to what it is like to be a stand-up comic. Well, maybe that's it. <laughs> uh, I I just I loved his the most, and I loved all of them. But for yeah, for the, some reason I that one. I know it's Romero. Talked about class system and everything and I, I loved its political message too you know yeah and he wasn't quite the super villain that the others were he wasn't blowing yeah. cities up uh yeah it's, it's not it's not great how he ended it but i'm saying it just shows a psychological thing going on that none of the others didn't touch you know see i'm with you on that one because i liked it because he was kind of he didn't even really set out to be a super villain but he started a movement that everybody else did the work. And, and he's not even thinking of it in terms of being a supervillain. He at no <laughs> point goes, yeah, hey, 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 like that, you know. <laughs> he just thinks he's done justice. Absolutely. Right. Tom, who's uh, yours? Uh, this is weird. I, I got to be honest. Uh, I was just thinking when you said Joker, and I thought of Richie Byrne, and then I thought of Richie <laughs> Byrne in tight green shorts. And, <laughs> and again, the wardrobe people would have to have some kind of a mechanism. Uh, that's all I'm saying. You're a fat Irish guy. Let's be honest. We're both hung like chocolate. There's no way we would, you know, there's no way. So Riddler, me, Joker. Richie, no, mine was, see, mine, mine was on the original Batman TV show. That was, that was, that was, Cesar Romero. Yeah. You know what? 
That's a man who refused to shave his fucking mustache for that amount of work in a week. Yeah, you know, you're right. I never thought of he did. I'm not shaving it off for three days' work. Take <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it no, over. Yeah. Oh, DeVito did a good job in. Uh, well, penguin. he was a penguin. He no, was a penguin. penguin. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I didn't like him. <laughs> he Penny. looks too much like Vinny Nardiello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rick, it has been so awesome having yes, you on. Yes, Rick. I love you, buddy. Stay safe. Likewise. Thanks. You too. And that was drinks, jokes, and storytelling. Thanks. Thank you, Rick. Guys, it was fun. Thanks for the last. We're gonna have you back. That's gonna be a great show. Yeah, it's gonna yeah, be well, a great it's show. A deal. Yeah, it's a deal. Yeah, I'll send Thanks. an email out uh, probably this week as soon as we pick dates to be back in the studio. I'll be doing the laughing lug nuts in Delaware that night, so I won't be on this. <laughs> so great. So, so, so great. Great. A, live, a live gig? <laughs> you wish you were with me. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah, right. I'll open. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on YouTube or wherever you podcast. We also would appreciate spreading the word. Let anyone who may enjoy us know about us. We appreciate the plug. Special thanks to a shared universe studios, realize records, and why not for the great music. <laughs>